With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. Hello, Ducks fans. Welcome to another episode of The Quack Report. My name's Carter. I'm joined by Nate. We're going to talk some Ducks hockey. We're going to talk some Batman. We're going to talk... What else do we have on here? I don't know. Other stuff. we got lots of stuff to talk about. Yeah. We got, yeah, we got some stuff. Yeah. Just just stuff. Yeah. I, I guess Ducks hockey and Batman really <laughs> sums up pretty much everything on here. But <laughs> Yeah, pretty much. Um, when, when you had started that, you like started just a little bit later than I'm normally used to. And I'm just like... What's going on? What's going? What's what? 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 <laughs> just like that extra half second, I was just like, "Oh shit!" <laughs> I like to don't shake do it me up. like that, know. man. Don't do me like that. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I like to shake it up. I like to, you know, not get into like a routine. I mean, I always pretty much say the same thing, but I like to change the timing of it. Just yeah, to be different. If I change the words, it's gonna get all. I'm gonna get all fucked up. <laughs> if I. Uh, if I change like how I say it, then it seems like new and exciting, and I don't sound like a robot. Fair enough. Yeah. That's how it Fair feels, enough. anyways. That's Plus, fine. it makes you panic a little bit, so it's great. Yeah, it does make me panic. <laughs> I'm, <laughs> I'm used to like, okay, this is how things work. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, how was? Uh, well, when did? Uh, I, I guess our last episode was we recorded it Monday, so that was four days ago. Yeah. We did. A, yeah. We did a watch along in in between there, but yeah. Um, so yeah, I guess how have you been since the watch along or since the episode? However you want to take that. Uh yeah, been all right. Uh we suddenly got thrown back into classes like very quickly. Um mm-hmm. within I think I yeah, it was like twenty eight hours, I guess, technically to um like to midnight for Wednesday kind of thing. So mm-hmm. um I was honestly at the point thinking that we weren't gonna go back because the original like class end date uh is in like a like two weeks so i was like yeah. oh yeah there's no there's no way that we're gonna go back to class at this point it'd be it'd be a stupid decision to send us back but then i had to remember where we go to school and went oh yeah wait no that does make sense actually they would do something stupid like that um <laughs> but uh yeah i mean besides that and just kind of that anxiety a little bit kind of bubbled mm-hmm. um besides that though been been all right so we had a good time yeah on that watch along on on wednesday it was a good time and uh, thanks for, if you're mm-hmm. listening to this and you were there thanks for showing up and 
if uh, if you weren't there, catch us on the next time that we do it. Not sure when that's going to be offhand, but um, yeah, we had, we had a, a fun time there with uh, with a lot yeah. of the regulars and some new people came in as well. And mm-hmm. um, Blackhawks fans were good as well. Yeah, Black yeah Blackhawks fans were good and everything like that too. So and uh, yeah, it was a little bit of a maybe not balanced game as we would have hoped, but it was still enjoyable somehow at least. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think I think honestly the interaction with the with the comment section made it more enjoyable. Um, That's otherwise, the best part about the watch along. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Otherwise, we would have just been like, "What the hell's going on? What is this? Like fucking yeah. ducks." <laughs> yeah. So, what about you? Yeah, no. The, like you said, just back. Nice to grip into the microphone. I'm sorry. You did. It's got to happen. If anyone's listened to the podcast before, they 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 know that we're not the most professional on here. So, <laughs> if it's your we first tried. time, then welcome. Yeah. <laughs> Where we, we try, the microphones. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No. Back to class. I, I guess if. There is any new listeners, or if you you maybe missed the episode where we talked about it, our uh, professors went on strike back in uh, beginning of February, so we uh, didn't have class for like six weeks, and now yeah. we're back. So and which, that's the short version of it. But yeah, in which the uh, yeah the strike was only was like at most a week, and then the rest was actually technically a lockout by the school. So yeah, yeah, yeah. True. yeah. But there's there's a, a lot to it. Obviously, if you're not around here i guess you're not really caring but obviously this is stuff that like has been happening to us for like the last month and a half so we've mm-hmm. been affected and that kind of thing so but yeah no finals though which is pretty sick <laughs> uh or, i mean no I technically week, yeah yeah no finals week they just get crammed into classes instead so <laughs> yeah so we, we're but, uh we're in school till may it's just like yeah. you know like elementary school and um Middle school and high school, you know, they're yeah, all exactly. in school Just, till May. But, so. but no pizza parties at the end or whatever. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no pizza parties, no movie days or whatever. <laughs> Yeah, you, you just, just like get like down. <laughs> you, you just get a piece of paper that says, "Hey, you did it," or you get an invoice for you know pay payable in three months from now to yeah, exactly. we'll see you again in September. <laughs> <laughs> or you get the government like, "Hey." We know you just finished. You haven't really made a whole lot of money yet for school, but uh, we want that back. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, uh, the joys of post secondary. So, but obviously, very grateful that we're obviously like both able to go through that and that sort of thing. So, I'm, I, I try yeah. not to sound ungrateful, but yeah, so. it's uh, it, it's just a an interesting experience. That's yeah. Sure. So, <laughs> but yeah, well, uh, yeah, we could get into some ducks hockey. Here, if you want, we can yeah. talk about a uh, Blackhawks game and then uh, get into some Batman. We're, we're going to talk yeah. the Batman uh, 2022. Uh, we, we've talked about it briefly before, um, but now we're going to get into some spoilers. Like and, yeah, yeah. So, um, so if you haven't seen it, you know, maybe get get on that. Come back, revisit the second <laughs> half of the episode. Uh, it should, yeah, it should still be in theaters. It came out like beginning of March, right? Yeah, and so, if. Oh, yeah. If you don't want to go to the theater, that sort of thing, uh, it sounds like it's supposed to be released digitally middle to end of April. So not too oh, much longer, actually. So yeah. yeah. So oh. I I can't wait to have this, like to watch at home and just kind of like watch it a few times and just pick out new things and whatnot that I didn't catch the the first time watching it. So yeah, it was fun when when you and I went though. We uh, we got to do the in in Canada at least. Um, at the at the Cineplex, there's the D box, it's called, and so they're basically the they're they're kind of 4D seats in a way that like they'll they'll shake and move or that kind of with the scene, 
Um, so there was like the, I guess kind of jumping ahead a little bit. There's like the car chase though. I guess it was shown in the trailers. Uh, the car chase, like we're moving along with that, like our seats moving yeah. and everything. Yeah, that that was, was really a, cool. that was a cool yeah. experience actually. So I kept it turned like to like the minimum, uh, just for the start of the movie. Cause like was eating popcorn and that kind of stuff. I'm like, I don't need like something to jump or whatever. The thing shakes and my popcorn goes everywhere. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, but once I was done my food, I as high as I could go. Cause I'm like, I got these tickets for, yeah, we got, like, we got the tickets for free. So I'm just like, mm-hmm. yeah, I want to, I want to like see this here. So but yeah. yeah it was a fun time did you yeah. did you crank yours all the way up or no uh i did i had it on kind of the the middle for um for, for like most of it and then when I, I saw you turn yours up i was like oh i should like play around with it so i like went up i i think it was for the car chase part okay also when i went up um and then i, I like tested it on the minimum for like some parts and like during like some some gunfight scenes i was like going up and down and and things like mm-hmm. that just to like see what the difference was but Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I think I left it on the the middle for most of it. So nice. Yeah. Um. So yeah, that's uh. Yeah. Oh, we'll get what was I gonna say? Oh, now I guess. Or... Yeah. No, you, you, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> you you brought up about the uh, the four D um, seats. I, yeah. I don't know if they still do it because this was obviously years and years ago. Like I guess probably fifteen years ago at this point. Um. But when I went to Disneyland when I was younger and like Universal Wait, sorry, and those I, places. Can I stop you? Is it for Disneyland? Are you talking the Bugs Life one? Yes, it was that one. Yeah. yeah. And then at Universal, there was a Shrek like 4D one. So like oh, they would have. Oh, yeah, right. So like the seats would like move for like the bugs, uh, when like the bugs crawled on you and stuff like yeah. that. And then like uh, in the Shrek one, I remember it did like a close up of um, like Shrek and he sneezed and then it like sprayed you with water. <laughs> oh. <laughs> <laughs> um, so it was, it was like. I would have like actually liked something more like that with like the D box, you know? Yeah. Like, I I get that like it's not super practical, and, and it's like yeah, you'd really have to have like the theme whole thing theater but... specific for that. Yeah, I remember yeah. for the for the Bugs Life one though, um, it was like my second time going to Disneyland, and like I still wanted to go back to that, but I also I'm I'm not a fan of spiders or anything like that. Yeah. And so I was like, okay, like know when to you know cower like a little bitch and stuff like that but <laughs> i also remember that part like at the end there right where it's like okay like let the little bugs go out first i remembered it going under my feet though so mm-hmm. when it like okay let the little bugs go i lifted my feet but then they go under your ass and i'm like oh no i misremembered that <laughs> yeah <laughs> i don't know why i thought it was my feet but yeah i i, I got bamboozled twice so <laughs> <laughs> Maybe they shake it up every so like Maybe. every time you go, it's like slightly different. But yeah, yeah. like a bit. Um, but yeah, it just reminded me of that when you said 4D. So um, yeah, yeah, I, I'm sure like there's got to be other people that know what we're talking about too, especially with this being an Anaheim podcast. Oh yeah, like, exactly. Yeah, there there's probably people, people have to, to this that. that have like the season passes for Disneyland and stuff like that. So yeah, yeah, exactly. So but um, but yeah, we could get into some ducks talk there. I just I just wanted to bring that up. So. Yeah that memory resurfaced just now so mm-hmm. yeah yeah let's do it. so uh yeah blackhawks were uh, the better team i guess like when if, if you saw yeah. us on the watch along <laughs> like you, you kind of already know our thoughts we already kind of talked about it but um so this might be more of a recap for um for the people that joined us on the watch along but um 
you know, we've had some time to, to think about it, so it'll be, uh, well, we might have some new thoughts as well, so stick mm-hmm. around, but you might have to power through some repetition <laughs> here. So, um, yeah, where do you want to start with this? Do you want to, I guess, do you want to start with Sam Carrick? Uh, yeah, we can, sure. Because I guess that's that's mainly a positive. Yeah. Uh, yeah, Sam Carrick with both the goals for Anaheim. Both were nice goals, to say the least, mm-hmm. at least, for like, um, yeah, because I think the one was just him crashing that out on a rebound, and the other mm-hmm. one I think was a shot. I'm trying to remember offhand, um, but yeah, like literally we're we're shut out if not for Sam Carrick. Like that's literally it. Uh, yeah. He just decided to go off that night against uh, Lankinen, but uh, unfortunately his all his good <clears throat> also led to a little bit of the bad. Oh, excuse me. When uh, you know he was supposed to be, or he was covering. Um, oh, I'm trying to find yeah. the. He was he was covering yeah, Dylan Strom there when yeah, uh, when yeah. when Chicago went ahead uh, by one there late in the game. Um, so yeah, literally this game was about Carrick is is what I have written here. So yeah, he was like the but, only really noticeable player. Yeah, so. and I, you know what? I'm going to throw out one more guy here as well, just because mm-hmm. I, I, again, I felt so bad bashing him for the last while, but I, mean, I don't think it was without merit. Um, John Gibson, though, is looking like he's back. Which yeah, he looks a lot sucks, more better. Yeah, Which sucks because we're not, like we are technically, right? We're, we're not mathematically eliminated, but, you know, it would have been nice to have this continue when we were still in the playoff race and now we're out yeah. on the outside looking in kind of thing. And it's not looking great. Um, but yeah, I thought Gibson looked well. He made some really big saves and that sort of thing. And um, his goal save above expected was 0.24. So he's right, right where he should be in that kind of thing. So mm-hmm. um, yeah, John Gibson, he's had a good last few games or that. So I just wanted to just point that out. Cause Oh, excuse me, man. I got the hiccups going, I guess. Um <laughs> Yeah, he's you know he he had dropped off for quite a while, and we were very critical of him and that sort of thing, and just kind of wondering like what the hell is going on. But it seems like he has maybe gotten it figured out. Unfortunately, it feels just a little too late. So it's it's good. Yeah. <laughs> sometimes maybe good, sometimes maybe shit. And in this yeah. case, it's, it's a bit of both. So yeah, and um, <laughs> just so that no one takes us the wrong way too, I I don't think you're blaming John Gibson for us not making the playoffs. Obviously. No, not not yeah. entirely. There's also the rest of the team in front of him. He yeah. was unfortunately a major factor to that, but yeah, yeah. But like, yeah, you, I don't know. Your team should be able to kind of make up for that lack. Yeah, to help. Yeah. Out I mean, because obviously so, I mean, it's, a, it's a team sport, right? So yeah, I mean, you could even lay a little bit of the blame, the blame, and I'm sure uh, one of our listeners, Lauren, will really appreciate this one. You could blame <laughs> some of it on Dallas Eakins for sure. Because you, you could blame a lot of it on Dallas Eakins. Yeah, yeah. If, if you're seeing this dude struggle super hard, right, and you just keep throwing him in there, hoping for a different result, right? Like, mm-hmm. and, it, and it's not happening. But you just continue to do it, like. The the idea of um, you know to to do the same thing multiple times and expect a different outcome is the definition of insanity. The only time that doesn't apply is if you're a musician. But for everything yeah. else, that is very valid. And 
that's Dallas Eakins, unfortunately, was just trying the same thing over and over again with like, yes, I understand John, John Gibson is a is a wonderful goaltender. I still believe is an underrated goaltender, but you can tell he's not doing well. He's in a not a great spot or something like that. And you just continually throw him to the wolves, basically. And just it, I can I see he was trying to, you know, get him a good game to bring his confidence back up. But yeah. it was just and that's con- a good strategy. Just, yeah. But it was constantly just destroying that confidence even more so because yeah, he had exactly. he had no help in front and he was not great. So yeah. uh, it would have been nice to see a little bit more of Stellar's maybe even some docile, which I'm hoping we get here kind of well, let's be honest, like just the team is going to be mathematically eliminated here. I think in the next couple of weeks. Um, yeah. So I think once that happens, I'd like to see a little bit more of docile or that sort of thing, because there have been a lot of talks, especially after the trade deadline and how's Anaheim season has gone with, and especially with Pat Verbeek coming in too. Mm-hmm. Oh, man, it, it sucks to think about, but John Gibson may be on the market. So, and, and yeah, in part it because he's gonna he be, is yeah. kind of done. So, yeah, it, and, it doesn't and, like, mean he's going to be traded, yeah. obviously, but like it's his name is getting his, his name about. is out. Yeah. yeah, his name is out there. And Elliot Freeman even talked about uh, the possibility of something happening with Gibson this summer in regards to being traded. So, we'll have to keep mm-hmm. an eye on that. But, yeah. uh, if if that is the case, right? Obviously, you have to be looking towards what you're looking at for goal next year, at least, right? Which very well could be Stellars and Dostal. So, yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, just to circle back to um, Dallas Eakins as well. Um, Do we yeah. have to? <laughs> <laughs> we, we don't have to. It, it's not really about Dallas Eakins. It's more so about coaching. Yeah, go for it. No, go for it. I'm just, I'm just, like, yeah. I'm just pulling your chair. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but like. Yeah, like, yes, you can blame Gibson for us not making the playoffs. Yeah, you could, like, I don't know, blame our defensemen, blame Comtois because he didn't have a very good season, blame Raquel, blame Fowler. I don't know. Like, you could probably come up with a reason for literally anybody on the team. But, like, mm-hmm. I, I think the coach, like, if players are struggling, it's the coach's job to get them to not struggle or put a better player in their place. Like, for instance, yeah. playing Stellars over Gibson. Like, yeah, it's a good strategy to okay, he, he had a rough couple games, let's throw him back in and let him figure it out. But like you said, <laughs> eventually you got to realize this isn't working. So yeah. you got to give Stellars more than just like, oh, here's one start. Um, mm. So, but you look at like what a coach can do for to like turn a team around. Um, like if we take the Canadians for this season, before Martin St. Louis came in, they were 8-30-7 and seven on... So in 45 games, yeah, I forgot eight wins on the more. season. Yeah, I, I, I didn't forget, but like just putting it into that context. Yeah, like, holy I, shit. <laughs> I, I counted the amount of wins they've had since hiring St. Louis, and they have eight wins in the last, I don't know how many games, I didn't count the games, but in a month and a half, they have the same amount of wins that they did in the first bit of the season. So I hadn't looked at the league standings in a while. Um, as of 4.30 Mountain Time, so 3.30 Pacific, I guess. Uh, no games have been played yet tonight, at least. But mm-hmm. Montreal is still 32nd in the league, tied for points with uh, Arizona. Mm-hmm. But Arizona has a 3.49 win percentage, and Montreal with a 3.44. So technically, Montreal is still in the 32nd spot. So uh, Yeah, that's wild. That I mean, just how bad they are like blows my mind this year. Yeah. But like, I mean, if you... I don't know what their win percentage since hiring St. Louis is, but it's like it, it's got to be like middle of the road. 
I would assume. Yeah, you'd think it's, so. It's but, it's been like pretty pretty decent. Yeah, their um, their last ten, they're four, three, and three. Okay, yeah. Um, so that's eleven. Yeah, eleven points in there. So yeah. So yeah, like that's one example. You could look at St. Louis in was it yeah twenty nineteen where they fired yeah. their coach in January and then went on to win the Stanley Cup from literally thirty second in the NHL yeah, exactly. to Stanley Cup winners. So well, like, and even and even the next year with uh, with Dallas uh, was Mike Yo if I'm not mistaken and then um, uh, what's his name but it's the it's the coach of the Dallas Stars now, right? Mm-hmm. And then and even with that you also had the COVID shutdown for a little bit. And then you got to go back in and get ramped up again for just suddenly you're in the playoffs. Right. Yeah. And you got to go on a, go on a tear there. And they absolutely did going to the Stanley cup final against the Tampa Bay lightning. So, yeah. Yeah. So like there, there is that a, new, yeah, there is that new coach bump and that sort of thing for it's, sure. It's not so. even a new coach bump. It's just like how the, the team plays like, or like what the coach does for the team. Like St. Louis yeah. hasn't been, like bad since 2019 they haven't been necessarily fantastic but like yeah they, de- they definitely see how much off, better but, they are yeah. yeah but like it's so yeah they got a little bit of a bump in that 2019 season from the coach but like the yeah. the roster is largely the same from mm-hmm. before that coach to where it is now like so so just mm-hmm. having a coach that is able to you know work with the team is like and, and understand the team and like help the team to be its best is like huge and and Eakins just isn't that like we it's not that we got to have someone else that like understands how Gibson works and like okay he's not playing well we got to put somebody else in somebody that can you know get our bottom six going a little bit more somebody that can work with Trevor Zegras to turn him into the hundred point scorer that we know he is and I mean he's young so I'm not like saying I expected hundred yeah. points from him this season but like that that's the kind of coach we need we don't need the coach to be like okay this is how the game works we we do face-offs here and then we try and put this disc of rubber in. like the, like they already know <laughs> like we don't need a development yeah. coach is what i'm trying to say no. like we need yeah. we, we need something more so yeah I forget, exactly uh, uh i forget how we even got on this train from the blackhawks game but uh it was talking about dallas eakins oh no it was john gibson to dallas eakins and not taking out John Gibson for a while. And then, yeah. That's oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I think it was on the live stream you had brought up uh, Rick Tockett as somebody that you would like to see as a coach, potentially, right? Yeah, I, I named just kind of off the top of my head Rick yeah. Tockett and Claude Julian um, mm. just because, I, I, don't, I don't know, they've been around for a long time. They have experience working with, like, not development NHL teams, you know, mm-hmm. if that makes sense. So, yeah, I don't know, it, it's sense. worth a shot. Like, there, there's tons of options out there. And, like, come the end of the season when coaches get fired, there's going to be even more. And there, there's yeah. obviously, like, the um, the new younger crop of coaches that I have no idea about that. Uh, yeah, exactly. That could end up being good hires as well. So, yeah. Yeah, Rick Talk, it's a good idea. I like that. So, yeah, I definitely have to, I have to look into a little bit more of, like, who might be available or who could be coming up coaching wise or that to give you Mm -hmm. an idea of what I think or like who I think could step into that role. But um, I think especially with this trade deadline um, and even before that, we see that this is going to be, which I absolutely love. This is going to be Pat Verbeek's team. Right. Mm -hmm. And so luckily I don't think he doesn't, he has, he doesn't have to fire anybody. 
he's has to let Eakins run out the rest of his contract this year, and then he can take the yeah. summer to look for somebody. So yeah, which and, I'm and sure no he's already even looking into. Yeah. Oh, probably. Yeah. But yeah, like there's no point in firing him now. Like is no. like it's just gonna make the guy feel bad, and then you gotta yeah, you know, worry just about let him finish it out. Coach. So it's yeah, exactly. As much as much as it's gonna suck as Ducks fans, just know that there's a brighter future at least. So yeah. Um, back to this uh, Blackhawks game that we got off of no way off (laughs) (laughs) no (laughs) um yeah we said like the blackhawks were the better team so like obviously they were gonna win like i I, it's not really like even a complaint about the ducks play it's like like they played how i expected them to be given their roster like yeah not not even just like losing guys at the trade deadline but all the injuries we were still dealing with and new ones like troy terry ryan getzlaff um, Max Jones, who's been out for a while, and then obviously yeah, losing Cal Lindholm, Manson, yeah, Silverberg, yeah, like, like obviously our team's not all of your be big, ni- all of your big name guys, besides some of the young guys that are the bigger names like Zegris or Lundestrom, uh, yeah, yeah. Every, everybody's gone right now, so mm-hmm. yeah, exactly. Like, I, I just wanted to take a look at Daily Faceoff now. Um, our th- there's. Two names in our top six that I think are deserving of being in our top six based off of their play this season. And that's Trevor Zegris and Adam Henrique. Uh, the the other yeah. guys in our top six? Well, I'm just going to read. No, uh, sorry. Let me let me share the screen so I don't have to entirely okay. read read out our roster. But, like, it's a, it's a rough roster. <laughs> so for, this is our forward group. You know it's bad when Derek Grant is on the first line. Yeah, Zegras and Lateri. Comtois. I mean, like, like, I he's, after he's, season, he's he had, a few goals had... lately, but yeah, like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, Grant, Henrique, and Mayhew. I'm sorry, like I didn't even know who Mayhew was until like last week, and <laughs> now he's he got, in our top six. He got waiver claimed by us, like not even traded, waiver claimed. Yeah, um, Steel Lundstrom, Carrick. That, that's kind of our standard third line. That's about the yeah. only consistent thing we still have, and then Aston Reese. Uh, Danny O'Regan and Dominic Simone as our fourth line, yeah. which are fourth liners, but like that's not the best fourth. Like you don't want all of those guys to be on your fourth line. And those are all relatively new guys. Like O'Regan's been in the system for a little bit now, but Simone and Aston Reese were just acquired by uh, or from Pittsburgh for uh, for Raquel. So yeah, like this was their first game. <laughs> yeah, so. I think as I think as well, the Chicago game could have been a little bit better if Trevor Zegers had some some players to play with that could finish. Oh, absolutely. Because he had a phenomenal game. He was sending passes like that were great or that, but just Mm -hmm. it all got screwed over because nobody could put the puck in the net after he just set them up perfectly. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Zegers had a phenomenal game, but you're right. It was just no finish. So um, we we lost all our finishers. They're either injured or we traded them. So yeah. Uh, and then this is our defense. Like Fowler Drysdale, sure, that's fine. Uh, ben yeah. Suster, not a good second pairing. Mahura Shattenkirk, third pairing, okay, fine. But like, I, I'm more confident in that than I am that second pairing, to be honest with you. Yeah. So, so we'll say Mahura Shattenkirk second pairing. Now, now we get a little bit uncomfortable. Ben yeah. Was, uh Schuster third pairing, like that's also kind of uncomfortable. So it's not yeah. not looking great on defense, which again makes sense. We lost Manson and Lindholm in trades. And um do we have any injured? Uh, yeah. Do we have any injured? <laughs> yeah. Uh, not not defensemen, I guess, but like the this explains the forward 
yeah. situation here. So. Yeah, you're losing Max Jones. You're losing Jacob Silverberg. You're losing Getzlaff. Uh, Vakaninen, who we just acquired, is it sounded like he's going to be like soon ish, is what it mm-hmm. sounded like. Um, yep. And then, yeah, Troy Terry out day to day. Not sure. He is back. I don't remember he, what that was, but it, they didn't say he is back healthy now. Um, oh, okay, good. But uh, yeah, obviously wasn't in that game against Chicago. So, and he's yeah. been our finisher this season. So, like you look so, at the roster and it makes sense. So, like I, I really have no complaints. Like I think the team played as best as it could, and unfortunately, our best just is awful. <laughs> I'm missing something here, a hundred percent. Where the hell is Sonny Milano? Uh, good question. <laughs> he was injured, wasn't he? He's not on the injury list, though. Huh? Am I miss? I'm missing something there. I think. Because I'm a hundred percent missing think something he, there. I don't think he played. Yeah, he didn't play against Chicago. So I don't. I guess maybe we just scratched him because we wanted to give other guys a chance. I don't know. But yeah, I have no idea. <clears throat> yeah, I'm just looking at tweets here from Elliot Tford of uh, the OC Register. Um, okay, so Getzlaff will be a game time decision against the Sharks. Um, okay. The staff is weighing starting Lucas Dostal. Good. Please. Uh, Zegers and Henrique didn't practice today, being Friday, but could play on Saturday. Troy Terry did skate. It's expected he'll play. Yeah, Milano's still out. Oh, yeah, he got he got nicked the other game. I remember that now. Um, okay. Back in Iden did practice. Um, yeah. So, cause yeah, I was kind of looking at that roster for a second. And I'm like, wait a second, where's Milano's name here? Yeah. So, you know what I want to see right now? Just if, if, especially if it's mathematical elimination, right? Like that. That's where I want to see things tried. I want to see yeah. Zegris, Milano, Terry. I want to see that line. I want to see yeah, that. Yeah, but like. If you're Dallas Eakins, though, like, and you know that your job is is out, like, what, like, do you, do you not just want to like do what you've kind of already done for the rest of the season? Like, he I, he's got to know he's not coming back. Just so, like, not makes sense with decisions whatsoever. <laughs> yeah, but like, I I don't know if, like, to me that's something a new coach would try, right? Is like, okay, let's just like see what lines work. Let's every game is different. Every I want, period I want is Pat, different. I want Pat Verbeek to tell Eakins, I want to see this. Okay, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, but I, I don't think Eakins is just gonna do that. You know, like he's he's just gonna yeah, he's just gonna not... send the guys out. You're kind of just going through the motions at this point, which sucks. But like that's yeah, it, it does. Suck, how it is. Like yeah, like whether like, even if he wasn't you know done this year or that right, he was just kind of mm-hmm. it was more waiting for the for the summer to be fired or something like that. Like man, like you could you can try things right because. That like again, like there's a few people who share part of the blame, but unfortunately, Dallas Eakins is a major part of it, right? Mm-hmm. If you're steering the ship, you're going to take a brunt of the blame, and so you kind of like Eakins kind of put a like the team in this situation. So and then now you're just going to really just go with what you've been doing that sunk the ship and just make it worse, unless 
and I doubt this is what's going on, but you never know. Verbeek is saying, or just like letting it happen kind of thing, because then he has a better chance at a decent pick. Probably, yeah. So, because, yeah, we do have, because, yeah, we have the two this year. We have our own still as well as Boston's now because of the Lindholm trade. So yeah. that could be it. But yeah, I, don't know. I mean, there's, like, there's a there's a few I, things I'd like to see for pairings and that kind of stuff. Like I want to, yeah, like I, I want to see what the future looks like here. So mm. as a GM though, like you're you're right. His job is to get like build the best possible team. So the best chance at that is getting the best yeah. pick. Um, the owners obviously want as much money as possible, but like, so so obviously like you still want to win games because you still want to sell tickets and you know put butts and seats kind of thing but yeah honestly i don't even think winning is gonna is what drives the ticket sales what for the ducks what drives the ticket sales is seeing trevor zegras like i want to go to a ducks game right now yeah not because i want to see them win because i want to see what trevor zegras is going to do yeah that's the reason i I would go to a ducks game so yeah that's what i was talking about i think it was last episode of like just trevor zegras makes ducks hockey must watch hockey yeah so yeah exactly so like honestly i if they lose every game for the rest of the season, I don't care because I want to see Trevor Zegers and Drysdale, yeah. Terry, Comtois, like those guys. But I, I, I want to see, see what... the potential. I, like I personally want to yeah. see the potential in this team. Yeah. If I so wanted I... to watch, if I wanted to watch a dumpster fire, I would just go light one in my backyard, <laughs> and and do it for free. And it yeah. would be a well, it would be free because you'd probably be fined. But yeah, yeah, whatever. <laughs> it would still be it would still be cheaper than you know paying for. I mean, I guess I don't. Yeah pay being in Canada but like you, you get what I mean at least yeah yeah I do so I, I think Oliver Beak is saying is like I want to see what Dostal has give him some starts yeah that, that's probably all he cares about right now so yeah but, and I like, feel like a team it, like I feel like a team like San Jose is the team to try it right that's, that's oh, not yeah. a knock on Dostal or that sort of thing but San Jose like we're, like we're in a rough spot San Jose yeah. is an even rougher well, spot well, yeah, because they're gonna be like they're not rebuilding but they're they're just there's they're just playing with mediocrity pretty much but like yeah. this is the team that you can try it and then if Dostal does well yeah play him another game right like let, let's yeah. let's see what yeah, yeah exactly happens so yeah you kind of build if, him like, into if, it right like you're yeah. not gonna throw him in it's like oh we got tampa bay on saturday all right <laughs> Dostal, you're up buddy let's see what you can do like you you, you build him up to that right <laughs> honestly if uh if you know because because talks are unfortunately heating up with Gibson, maybe you do that actually. Oh, eventually, if the, if, but not for his season... first game. No, 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 not for oh, his first no, no, game. No, not but for eventually, his first yeah. game. And, but I mean, he, yeah. he's already played his first game. He has some games under his belt, right? So now yeah. you got to give him the idea of okay, what's it like to be relatively consistent in the NHL? I want to, mm-hmm. yeah, sure, throw him against the Tampa Bay team that's about yeah. to just destroy in the playoffs again, and honestly, could mm-hmm. three peat this year. Like, let's be yeah, real. Exactly. So yeah, I, 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 I know we do play that, Tampa so. Bay. Oh yeah, we play. Yeah. We play Carolina, Florida, and Tampa Bay all in the span of a week. So I look out for those episodes because they're going to be rough. But I want to see <laughs> Dostal play at least two of those games. I, I don't care yeah. who it is, but I want to see him play at least two of those. If it's Carolina, yeah. Tampa with Gibson in the middle, or uh, Florida, Tampa, or Carolina, Florida, like I don't care, but I want to see him get two of those. But Minimum you know one, but two would be nice. Yeah. But you know what, though? Because it makes sense, it's not going to happen. <laughs> that's <laughs> we'll that's see. the unfortunate reality with this team under Dallas Eagles yeah, currently. I, I mean, so. the, the only way I could see it not happening is he gets lit up for like seven, eight goals against San Jose. We give him another start against Arizona. Um, 
because we play them on the second half of a back-to-back yeah. next week, and he gets lit up for five goals against Arizona. Um, we try him against Philly because we play them the week after. He gets like lit up for four or five goals. Like th- yeah. Then you obviously don't start him against Carolina, Florida, and Tampa. Like If you can't play yeah. against... Philly, uh, Arizona, and San Jose. Like you're not playing against any of the other ones. But if he has good, if he has reliable, consistent games over the next few weeks, then that's when you throw him in against Carolina, Florida, yeah. and Tampa. Yeah. I think we play Colorado at some point too. This uh, probably. I know we went through it, and I was just like, "Yeah, the season's fucking done." But like, <laughs> yeah, actually, no. And, and we, that wasn't even trying. That was Colorado, but oh, oh yeah, okay. Yeah. That was yeah, and that wasn't even like trying to be. Uh, the pessimist or anything like that. You just look and you just go, those are all teams that are locks right now for the playoffs. Yeah. yeah like, exactly. yeah, the only team I would see would be, yeah, Columbus, San Jose, Philly, Arizona. That's it. Everybody else is a yeah. lock for the playoffs, I think. Except for, okay, except for maybe Dallas. But Dallas has, last I saw, was four games in hand on the Golden Knights. I'm just double-checking where that standing is right now. Yeah, so Dallas has played 63 games, has 75 points. Vegas has played 67 and has 74 points. The math yeah, isn't looking I, good for Vegas either. No, yeah. I, yeah, Dallas is, is hungry. So the yeah. even though they're not the best team in the league, they're playing like they want to be the they're best team like in the league. Yeah. And that's... And that's what's winning them the game. So, and and the Ducks tend to not play that way. So, I'm yeah. not looking forward to those two games against Dallas. No. Um, we'll we'll save that for a future episode. For then, that's a, a little bit of a ways away. Um, okay. Do you uh do you even want to talk about these other points we had for the Blackhawks game? Or are you done? Uh, Patrick Kane still a decent player. Uh, Ten points in He's three right. games against us. So yeah, we not can bad. leave it there. <laughs> yeah, not bad. Okay, yeah, that's. Yeah. Uh, I, I'm not okay with leaving the rest of the stuff. So, okay, um, let's take a quick break now. We've got a little bit of uh, news in- involving the Dodonov situation um, to go over, and then we'll do some Batman on the other side of that. Uh, but first, we'll hear from our friends over at DraftKings. The NHL season has been packed with dirty dangles, hat tricks, and big wins. As the action rolls on, DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL, has your shot to win big too. New customers can bet just $1 on any team and get $150 in free bets if they win. That's right. A bump in the win column for your team means free bets for you. If Sportsbook isn't available in your state yet, you still have a shot to light the lamp. Everyone can play for huge cash prizes with DraftKings Daily Fantasy Hockey Contests. DraftKings is giving all new customers a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes with their first deposit. So what are you waiting for? Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now, use the promo code THPN, bet just $1 on any NHL team, and get $150 in free bets if that team wins. Again, that's promo code THPN, as in the Hockey Podcast Network, at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL. Must be 21 years of age or older? Restrictions apply. See content description or DraftKings.com sportsbook for details. Okay. Um, first of all, Ducks called up uh, Lucas Dostal, Brendan Gooley, and Danny O'Regan before that uh, uh, Blackhawks game. So 
Um, I don't remember seeing O'Regan play. Do you know if he actually played against the Blackhawks? Um, if he did, yeah, he was uh, not noticeable. I don't believe he did. No, he did not play. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I didn't think so. So, um, I, I'm assuming he he's going to play uh, against San Jose on uh, Saturday there, just because Daily Faceoff had him on a line with uh, Simone and Aston Reese, but mm-hmm. um, not 100 percent sure. So, um, I, I wanted to know where this guy came from because I literally didn't hear about him until about oh yeah you were talking about hours the ago <laughs> yeah so i did figure got? out where he came from um kind of sort of first of all um o'regan was a 2012 round five pick by the san jose sharks um he played there for a couple of years he um and then he got traded to buffalo and that was part of the evander kane deal that sent um him to san jose so it was O'Regan. Oh, that's wild. <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah, Evander Kane went to San Jose. Buffalo got Danny O'Regan. They got a 2019 first round pick, um, which ended up being Braden Tracy. The, mm. Yes, the Ducks Braden Tracy, which I'll get to in a minute. And then a fourth round pick that uh, doesn't matter because it's not Braden Tracy. Uh, the Braden Tracy pick came to us. Oh, God. Where did that tab go? Oh, God. It's gone. Oh, no, it's right here. Um, the Braden Tracy pick came to us in, uh, along with Brendan Gooley from Buffalo, and we gave them Brandon Montour. Oh, okay. Yeah. So that's how we acquired that pick from San Jose, and then we got Braden Tracy with it. So. <clears throat> okay. Oh, yeah, that's a, a little bit of a rabbit hole there. <laughs> yeah, that, yeah, just a little, a little baby one, beginnings of bit. one. But, um, yeah, it all came from the Evander Kane um pick oh and then yeah uh what's his face um danny o'regan yeah san jose uh then to buffalo um and then he signed as a free agent in god where did this go there it is (laughs) sorry i have way too many tabs open um (laughs) oh good yeah traded to buffalo signed in new york signed as a free agent for one year signed in vegas as a free agent for one year and then signed with us as a free agent for two years. So this year, and then we have them still next year. Mm-hmm. Okay. So that's that's where this kid came from. Not a ton of uh, points here. Um, in the AHL this season, uh, 27 points in 40 games. Um, actually, apparently we have already played O'Regan for five games and he got an assist. I, I have no idea when that was. Yeah, I don't remember. <laughs> but, yeah, I don't know. Depth guy, we'll see what he can do. He, like like I said, he's bounced around a lot, 28 years old. But, um, yeah, I don't know. Might have some chemistry with Simone and Aston Reese. I think that's probably what they're trying to do. It's like, hey, you four are, or you three are just like random guys we have. Let's see what you can do for us. So. Mm-hmm. Uh, sorry, I'm just pulling up. I'm trying to see if I can figure out what games those were. For um, I, I found it here. It's he played against Philly at the oh, beginning yeah. of January, um, and then we played him four games here in March. Um, Nashville, Nashville, the Islanders, the Rangers, and the Preds again. Yep. So yeah, we took him on that little road trip we had a couple weeks back. 
yeah, like at, at most he played ten minutes in those four games there. So, mm-hmm. and yeah, he's only he's played thirty games in his career. Yeah, yeah. So, not a man. Only getting yeah, to play two games with the seventeen eighteen Buffalo Sabers. Yikes! <laughs> and then one game with eighteen nineteen Buffalo Sabers. Yikes! <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, that's Oof. um, yeah, just those Ducks moves, and then. That's that's it. Just who yeah. Danny O'Regan is, in case you're unsure. There we go. Okay. Uh, Evgeny Dodonov. We, we talked about <laughs> it on the live stream. You've probably heard uh, about it already. Um, yeah. I mean, we did a trade breakdown for it. And, uh, <laughs> and we were like, that oh, that's sweet. That it, like, it sounded like he... Yeah, I mean, I think we even said that he had a no trade and he wanted to... And like that was sweet that he wanted to come here. And then yeah. uh, literally a half an hour after we finished that recording, uh, yeah, if the uh, Dadanov trade, there was a no trade clause that was not looked at or anything like that and Anaheim was on the list and I'm like fuck <laughs> yeah which which is just wild and I mean th- there's tons of it's other... our luck it's our luck <laughs> yeah th- there's tons of resources out there that kind of explain the situation so we don't need to get into it too much it's kind of old yeah. news at this point but I have some um, of the background but you said you had, from... had some notes yeah. still if you want to go through that yeah yeah so just more like how this even kind of got to that point um so this was these are just kind of like the spark notes versions of uh what Elliot Freeman was talking about on 32 thoughts uh Wednesday's episode I believe it was. Um so. so it wasn't voided at the time but that was when it was looking like it was going to be voided. So he explained that um on October 15th 2020 uh Dadnoff had signed a 3-year contract so that's for the 2021 season, the 21-22 and 22-23. So he's on the second year of that right now. Mm-hmm. And uh, sorry, I <laughs> sorry, sidetrack for a moment. You were talking about how you would like just like throw something to me and then <laughs> mute yourself for a second. And I noticed it this time. <laughs> <laughs> I figured you would. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, yeah. So he signed for the three years. He's in the second year of this deal. Now, in there, there was also a no trade clause. Um, and so he was obviously, that means he's not allowed to be traded to another NHL team without first allowing. Um, you know, dad enough to provide the club with a written list of 10 no trade teams. So, or up to 10. Mm-hmm. Um, so the dates for that, that he had to submit these lists for, for each season, uh, January 15th of 2021, which it, that's a, it's an odd date, but remember that's the start of like the shortened season, mm-hmm. um, that we had, uh, July 1st of 2021. So leading into this year. And then he'll have another chance on July 1st of 2022. So this coming summer. Mm-hmm. Um, so he did submit a list on June 30th, 2021. So a day before he was supposed to, to the Ottawa senators. And that was confirmed by the senators to have been received is what Elliot Friedman had been told by a few sources. Um, so, and then on July 28th, 2021, just less than a month later, uh, Dadanov was traded from Ottawa to the Vegas Golden Knights for Nick Holden and the 2022 third round pick uh, that Vegas had from Vancouver. And I think that was part of the Nate Schmidt deal, if I'm not mistaken. Um, Vegas was not on the no trade list, so he was able to go there. No problems. Mm-hmm. Um, and so the it's, it seems like kind of the the thing that had happened here. So it used to be that if a player had a no trade clause and was 
you know, asked to waive it or anything like that, right? Or had to submit uh, when he went to a new team, then the 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 clause was null at that point. He didn't have it anymore. But mm-hmm. after the new CBA that was negotiated um, before the uh, the bubble playoffs in 2020, there that's now been changed. So that no trade clause follows the player now. Um, so going to Vegas. Mm-hmm. Technically, Dadunov still had the no trade clause and yeah. had already submitted the paperwork for this season, which mm-hmm. included Anaheim. Unfortunate for us, but it's it's whatever. Um, Makes sense. Yeah. So it sounded like what uh, what Freeman was saying was it's, it's that somewhere during the trade conversation of going from Ottawa to Vegas, uh, Vegas, the NHL, and their central registry all had the belief for some reason that the no trade clause was null after the deal. Like mm-hmm. after he was traded from Ottawa to, to Vegas for some reason. Um, and Freeman's idea was that it was either because he was, uh, they, like they were told that he hadn't filed a no, tra- like a no trade list um, yeah. or that he had given an old list. So the, there, there wasn't anything there. So, mm-hmm. um, but pretty much it was just like, it sounds like when the trade went through, Dadnov or his agent, uh, Maxime Oliver, uh, pretty much just said like, hey, you can't do that. And that's how this all got brought up. So mm-hmm. um, even though it was technically NHL approved. so yeah. Which is wild. Yikes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Which is why the whole trade had to be void and everything like that. Because otherwise it would just been, okay, yeah, this doesn't work. And should have just been stopped dead, right? So, But somebody was missing... Somebody, somebody in that line, or there, it was Ottawa not giving to Vegas, or like somewhere in there, or with the central registry or anything like that. Mm-hmm. Somebody didn't know, and it was led to believe then that he didn't have this anymore. So that's a that's a big yikes, in in my opinion. So mm-hmm. like this could have all been avoided if just you know somebody had done their job, pretty much. So yeah. like this this blew up to be a massive story because somebody didn't their, somebody didn't do their job and there's a bunch of finger pointing still kind of going on. I even did it uh, myself with uh, with with our Twitter a little bit of to to Vegas's expense, mm-hmm. but um, but yeah, like just yeah, somebody didn't their, do their job and it made a massive story for like four days, five days kind of thing. So yikes! Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, it's a. Uh... Yeah, it's just an interesting situation. Like, yeah, it's it's now we know it's like it's never gonna happen again. Like, either people are gonna like look at these trade lists now, or there's gonna be some sort of like I don't know central hub that all these no trade lists go to, so that everybody always has access to them. Not everybody, but But, like, but you know, like yeah, everybody that needs to know has access to them. Yeah, it also got brought up though that it was like Cap Friendly and I think Puckpedia both had the fact that he had a no trade clause still. So how did the NHL or the Vegas Golden Knights themselves not know that? Well, those places would still show that it was a no trade clause even though like or I I would assume they would still show that even if Well, like Cap the... Friendly is, uh, is is up enough on the NHL rules to know that that no trade clause is still in effect. But somehow the NHL and its teams thought that it was gone. They're, the NHL didn't understand their own rules. That kind of throws me off or, a little bit. So, well, somebody in the NHL, yeah, yeah. I don't know, but also feels 
par for the course at the same time. So yeah, I, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> I I, I kind of don't really care <laughs> that anymore. It was so, interesting while it happened, but like yeah, I'm not, I just I just I'm I more felt now, bad so. for I more felt bad for Dadunov really because mm-hmm. it's uh, I, I was saying this on the uh, on the watch along too when we were talking about it really quickly that you know it was Dadunov it was either you go to somewhere that you didn't want to go to like you had specifically said I do not want to go here which by the way it did come out that it was just it was mainly tax reasons so uh, yeah. like all three California teams and all Canadian or all seven Canadian teams so that makes your mm-hmm. uh, your 10 uh, it was yeah. purely for tax reasons so yeah um, sense. but yeah it was either you go to a place that you didn't want to go or you go back to a team that just tried to trade you for uh, Ryan Kessler, the ghost of Ryan Kessler, uh, the corpse of just, Ryan Kessler, <laughs> yeah, the contract of Ryan Kessler, and uh, and yeah, Nick Holden. But they also were like, yeah, here, and also take a second round pick just to get rid of this guy off our cap. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that's, I mean, it, it like, kind of sucks, but um, I, 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 he, he, yeah, I, yeah, I get that it probably feels bad, but um, like I, I don't think it's. Because it's not like a lack of performance, like, oh, we don't want you anymore. It's like, okay, we literally have like too many players and not enough space. So like yeah, we just have to send you somewhere because you are like I don't even want to say overpaid because I don't think he is, but it's like you are just a big chunk of our cap space and like we you're a desirable player. Like, I don't know. I'm assuming that's what they said and how he probably took it. Like it's not like Yeah. I mean, I'm not sure if He's okay. So at this point, he's played sixty-three games and he has thirty points. I'm not sure if that's necessarily a five million dollar player, but no, it's not. Uh, but Ottawa, there's intangibles Ottawa who, too. I'm sure, but yeah, yeah. Ottawa was the team again that signed this deal. Uh, he was coming off of a season with the Florida Panthers where he played in sixty-nine games, nice, uh, and had forty-seven <laughs> points. So that's a little bit closer to the five million dollar range that you're looking at. So, but since then, yeah. he hasn't that. So in the, over the last uh, two seasons so far, he's scored fifty points. So. Yeah, um, yeah. So I mean, it's it's not great. Like they they definitely have better deals on that team, but like it's. Yeah. Uh, I think he he probably understands the situation that um, that Vegas was in. So like I don't think there's any hard feelings. And if there was, he just you know lifted a massive middle finger to them. Yeah. last night. That's the way <laughs> that I'm thinking two about assists. it. So, yeah. yeah, that's the way I'd, I'd be thinking about it. Yeah, exactly. Um, I have a tweet I want to bring up here. Actually, there's um, sounds like there's going to be some repercussions uh, for the. There's going to be a little bit of a penalty here on the Dadnov thing. So this says breaking. Good. The NHL has announced penalties to certain NHL teams in relation to the terminated trade of Evgeny Evgeny Dadnov. Um, this is from uh, at Arash Memorzada. I'm sorry about the pronunciation there. <laughs> uh, but it's a, this is from the NHL. It says, The National Hockey League announced today that the following teams have been assessed certain penalties due to their actions involving Monday's cancelled trade of player Evgeny Dodonov from Vegas to Anaheim. Sorry. We find these penalties uh, can, to be fair and final. Yep. Can I, can I just stop you for a second here? Yep. This is satire. Dude, don't ruin this. <laughs> oh, okay. I thought, sorry. Okay. No, my, I... My I Come I on. apologize Boo. for ruining the joke. <laughs> I thought you were just going no with it and fun. hadn't read the whole thing, and I'm like, dude, no. <laughs> no, I obviously have. Um, it's a, My bad. My no, bad. It's ruined. <laughs> it's ruined. <laughs> I'm still going to finish reading it because anyone not Please watching that wouldn't, uh, wouldn't know. But it says uh, Vegas Golden Knights, no penalty. Anaheim Ducks, no penalty. 
Ottawa Senators, no penalty. Vancouver Canucks, Roberto Luongo's salary recapture penalty of $3 million has been extended until 2028. <laughs> because that's just the NHL thing to do. Is just uh, <laughs> Yeah, it sounds about right. <laughs> just for, for no reason, just, you know, hand out fines. <laughs> totally out of your control, but you get a yeah. penalty for it. That recapture oh. penalty is so stupid. Oh, uh, it really is. That They need to get rid of that. It's ridiculous. Why penalize a team because somebody's like, yeah, I'm fucking old. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, to a point, I get it. You extended that player for that long. Mm-hmm. But also, at the time, that was legal. You could sign guys to 12-year contracts, to 15-year contracts. I think it was like the mm-hmm. case of uh, Rick DiPietro. Like, he's going to get paid a million bucks, I think, until like 2028 or something like that. It's like something stupid. But uh, yeah, the whole recapture thing is ridiculous, I think. Like, I understand it to a point, but also it's one of the... There's a lot of dumb things the NHL does, and that's one of them. That's one of the bigger ones, yeah. I think. So Yeah, I also think it's funny because like... Luongo was traded to Florida. So, like, he wasn't even, like, in Vancouver. And, like, I get that it was because Vancouver signed the contract and yeah. Florida had nothing to do with it. But, like, he Who wasn't even playing for Vancouver and then decided to retire. And then it's like, oh, yeah. you, you haven't thought about this guy in three, four, five years, however long it was, but you get a, you're going to get penalized for this now. Yeah. It's I want to so see dumb. who signed him to that contract. I just want to see that again. Yeah. Yeah, this is the last year of that as well. So, okay. Uh, yeah, so I was signed for the, yeah, signed in 2009. That went from the 2010 season to that contract, like just normally would be finishing this year. <laughs> <laughs> That's wild. Like, Jesus. And how old, um, Lu- how, how old is Luongo right now? Currently 42. Okay. Like, <laughs> so he's like 30 you know when what? he signed that or something like that. You know what? I kind of get it now. Like, you were dumb enough to sign a 30 year old goaltender to a contract that takes him till he's 42. Yeah. I'm just going to double check that he was 30. I think that's, I think that math is correct in my head, but maybe. But like, that's insane. <laughs> that's that's uh, absolutely mental. Yeah. Born in 79. So yeah, he would have been 30 or 31. Mm-hmm. If, no, wait. Is that math right? Yeah. Jesus. I mean, I, I get that they probably didn't have a ton of leverage because Luongo was like, I want to play and I want you to sign me for 10 years. Uh, right. It was Mike Gillies who else. signed him to that contract. Dude, Mike Gillies is a fucking idiot. <laughs> <laughs> like, from from uh, from Luongo's perspective, like, why not? But, oh, man, that's just... Like, yeah. how many goalies have <laughs> even played past their 40s? Like, not many. I mean, there's been a lot more recently. Recently, right? like, yeah. But back then, like, yeah, he, he probably would have been like the one of like maybe I don't know, ten goalies that have ever played like after forty years old. Like right now, we have Mike Smith and Craig Anderson. I think those are the only guys that are in their forties. Yeah, I think that deal, that deal, a hundred percent tanked Mike Gilly's career. He only ever was the GM for the Vancouver Canucks, I believe. Oh yeah. Probably for five years or almost six years there. It looks like I just want to yeah. double check that because that's what cap friendly is showing. But um, yeah, Mike Gillis or not Gillies. Yeah. Gillis. Mm-hmm. Um, just double checking here. Yeah. Post playing. Yeah. He was an agent 
turned general manager. Um, yeah, April eighth, twenty fourteen. Gillis or Gillis was relieved of his duties as the president and GM of the Vancouver Canucks by uh, Francesco Aquilini. Um, right after the Canucks were eliminated from the twenty fourteen playoffs, and as season ticket renewal levels had dropped off. Um, the next day, uh, former Canucks captain Trevor Linden was hired as the president of hockey operations. Mm. And that was it. So <laughs> nice. <laughs> Jesus uh, Christ. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, this is a, j- just a heads up to everybody. This is going to be a long episode. We haven't even yeah. got to the Batman yet. And it's, uh, yeah, the Batman will probably be about a like half hour conversation, but yeah. Yeah, so longer anyways. But, um, yeah. Before we get to the Batman, though, really quickly, um, let's talk about upcoming games. we just got the one to talk about so far um, or on this episode. That's Saturday against San Jose. Uh, it'll be in San Jose at 7.30 Pacific time. Um, yeah, I mean, we should beat the Sharks. Hopefully, Dostal gets the start. Um, Sharks still are a decent team. Like, it's not going to be an easy game by any means, but... Yeah, fun fact. I'm looking at the standings right now. Uh, San Jose was 64 games played, uh, 64 points at 500. Mm-hmm. Uh, two hand or two games, two hands, uh, two games mm-hmm. in hand on the Ducks, who have only, excuse me, who only have one point more. Yeah. So I'm. So we're kind of like, I guess, in the same mm-hmm. ballpark in terms of the teams. But um, yeah. But yeah, definitely can't take these guys lightly. You know. Thomas Hurdle having a solid season. Um, Timo Myers doing well. Burns and Carlson are still solid defensemen. Um, Capo Kakinen, they just got him at the deadline. Yeah, um, just played the other night against Edmonton, lost 5-2, if I'm remembering that correctly. Yeah, yeah, I watched that game, and it was it was not his fault at all. Like, Yeah, I, 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 saw, I net, saw that. He, like, still, it's not mm-hmm. like four goals, like this, they were not his fault at all. So, yeah, Kakinen got traded to the to the San Jose Sharks there on trade deadline, and I went, "Oh, there goes my fantasy team." <laughs> yeah, <laughs> for for goalies. So, but yeah. I was just like, "Yeah, uh, that sucks." Yeah, Sharks also have James Reimer, who, from mm-hmm. what I hear, is having an all right season. All right. Um, yeah. So, I mean, there's there's still a lot of things if you're a Sharks fan to be excited about, and if you're a Ducks fan, a lot of things to be nervous about. So. Yeah, um, Which the only thing I have sounds about par as well. Yeah, the only <laughs> thing I have to add um, is Logan Couture, Logan Couture is uh, still questionable for this game. He took a, a Burns clapper to the back <laughs> against Edmonton, oh, so I would shit. be surprised if he's uh, oh you know able to play against Sat- against us on Saturday. So obviously, I'm not glad he's injured, but you know, might be a, you're okay if he's just out of the lineup. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Oh, man. Uh, yeah, James Reimer this year has 17 wins, one of them being a shutout, a 916 save percentage at 2.81 goals against. All right. Not bad. Yeah, not bad. Uh, I'm just going to pull up uh, Money Puck here for a second because I want to see his, like, expected. Oh, sure. I want to see where yeah. he's at there. So, because, mm-hmm. um, yeah, sometimes like, you can look at, like, the basic stats and, yeah, like some, like, some, most of the time that can give you a good idea, but sometimes you don't know. Uh, yeah, James Ryan is having a decent season. He's 3.8 goals save above expected on the season. So, yeah, solid, decent enough. Yeah, 
Yeah, so. no, uh, no complaints there. So yeah, it, it's still yeah. gonna be a tough game, but yeah, do you want to predict a score for this one or? Uh, I'm not gonna predict a score, but just with how things have been going, we have lost eight in a row, and I honestly don't see the end of it. So I'm gonna call for nine. <laughs> <laughs> have we actually lost eight in a row? Yeah, we have, unfortunately. Oh man, the last that, that win that pleasantly... we had, I believe, the last win that we had, I believe, was against the Sharks. Actually, I'm just double checking uh, that here. I mean, that uh, could be a kind of a, a good sign. Maybe, yeah, we'll have to we'll have to see here. Um, mm-hmm. When was the last win? Yeah, it was against the San Jose Sharks on uh, March sixth. <laughs> well, if the rest of our season w- wasn't bad enough, like this eight game losing streak, one hundred percent undoes the magic of that eight game win yeah. streak we had. Yep. Well, just totally cancels it out. Like it never even happened. And I mean, we've had multiple Which other sucks bad ass. losing streaks this season. But yeah. Yeah. Uh, remember how much hope we had during that winning streak? <laughs> yeah. Now we have just hope for next season. So good. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. Well, I think that wraps up the hockey stuff. Yeah. No, that's it. Now we're into the yeah. Batman. Okay. So let's take a quick break. And then on the other side, we will get into our very heavy spoiler discussion of the Batman. So yeah. You're not going to miss anything if uh, if you back out now, but um, but do come back for for Batman talk if you've seen yeah. it or after you have watched it because uh, I don't know I think it'll be some interesting conversation. There's lots to unpack here, but yeah, yeah. quick break first, and then uh, we'll catch you on the other side. Did you know that your favorite band also loves your favorite hockey team? If you love hockey and you love music, you're gonna love Bar Down Breakdown a podcast that explores the crossover between alternative music and the sport we love, hockey. Every NHL player wants to be in a band, and every band guy wants to be an, 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 you know, a pro athlete. With guests from all over the globe, come along with us as we interview some of the most captivating names in alternative music and talk about why we love hockey and how it's influenced us. You know, there was a, for a few seconds, I thought, like, well, maybe we should wear a Montreal jersey, then... And I was like, mm, I think you should stay neutral. And we're like, yeah, yeah, you know what? You're probably right. So tune in every Tuesday on the Hockey Podcast Network, where we'll have a brand new guest and a unique look into the bridge between hockey and music. Something's in the cave. Holy shit. <laughs> uh, I didn't hear you. What did you say there? <laughs> I just said, holy shit. <laughs> uh, I, I, I was kind of, I was watching you like as the ad was going on. Cause I could like, we have like little thumbnails where you can see each other yeah. uh, still on our end. But <laughs> I was like, what's he doing? And then I saw. Like, I saw you take your headphones off and you're moving around and, like, no glasses and then holding a guitar. And I was like, what the fuck <laughs> is this? <laughs> and then I saw you put the Batman mask on. I was like, oh, God, I know what this is. <laughs> oh, man. I was like, was yeah, I even put it, like, in the chat. I'm just like, have an ad before the Batman discussion just purely because I wanted to do that. <laughs> I can't wait to go back to that episode now. Like, just, like, listen to it and just see how... Like, hear how bad it is, but then also go watch it, like, on TV or something like that and see how bad it looks as well. 
It's, uh, it, it's probably not as bad as you think. I'll you that, so. it, it, it's something, at least. We'll put it that way. <laughs> it, yeah, it's definitely something. Uh, okay. Well, if you've made it this far, um, <laughs> we are going to be heavily into spoiler territory. So, no, you're pushing your luck at this point. But we're going to get into the Batman talk here. Oh, wrong one. <laughs> here, hold on a second. We got just for for those here that are watching. Boom. Spoilers, nice. <laughs> cool. <laughs> <clears throat> yeah. So over, we've already kind of talked overall impressions of the movie. We both really enjoyed it, um, and yeah. just kind of how dark it was. But um, I, I see you've got a few points here. Um, you want to talk yeah, about? Yeah, there. I guess there cast, was more story, kinda... music, and costumes. So we'll. Yeah. Uh, We'll kind of hit all of those because all of those things, I mean, those are, that's kind of what makes a movie is the cast, the story, the music and the costumes. Like, yeah, that's it. But they were all like phenomenal for a superhero movie. Mm -hmm. Okay. So So. I guess to, if you want to start kind of casting Mm -hmm. that sort of thing, um, how did you, did you ever watch the twilight movies? Um, I got drugged to the very, very last one. Like the. Sorry, know, like, at first I thought you said you got drugged to the first <laughs> one. I was like, what? <laughs> <laughs> okay. Like, like dragged. Okay, gotcha. Yeah. 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 <laughs> no, I, I did not get high and watch Twilight. Nate. No, I, <laughs> no, I thought like somebody drugged you and then oh. took you. I was like, Jesus Christ. All right. I, I mean, maybe because that's what it would have taken to convince me to go. And I ended up there. So it. It was an awful experience. <laughs> I remember one thing from the movie, and I w- it was the very, the very, very end. And it, what's the last one even called? It's something part two. Uh, Breaking Twilight, Dawn. the ending part two. I don't know. The, the, that's the <laughs> one that I went to. And I remember there was like this epic fight scene. It was like 10 minutes long. And I was like, oh, this is sick. And then somebody died. I don't remember who it was, but somebody important died. A lot and of I was fucking like, oh, people no died. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I was like, Okay, sick. Like this is a this is a good movie now. Like I'm I'm all in. I want to see the other ones. And then nope. Turns out that entire sequence was a vision of what would happen if the character made a certain decision and, it, yeah. and then, then it didn't Italian, happen. And then there was no fire mob bosses uh decided to fuck shit up. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, something like that. I don't know. But and then I, so I was like, so it didn't even happen. And then they were just like, oh, I guess maybe we won't do that. All right. Everybody loves See each later. other. The end. Yeah. <laughs> so everyone in the everyone in the theater is uh the two. Okay, so I I know so much about it because my girlfriend just watched them and like made me watch them with her. So that's why I'm able to just throw people out still, here, like people still watch. Oh those? yeah. They she wanted to watch them because they're getting pulled off of Netflix right away here in Canada. Oh, okay. So is um, it, but was it for like the reason of like cats, you know, that really awful musical where it's like, it's so bad you have to see it. Or was it like, she's like these, these movies like define who I am as a no. person and like, you need to watch. Okay. No, not that yeah. far, but she does enjoy okay. them. So, and, okay. and I'll say, and I'll say this, honestly, I'll throw it out there. Like, yeah, I, I read the books when I was younger and that sort of thing. The movies ruined it for me though. And just like mm-hmm. everything kind of around them. Um, but having having been kind of made to watch those movies again, I enjoyed Robert Pattinson still in them, and they were so long ago as well that like I remember even seeing when the initial casting was done right for this 
movie and it was like oh yeah robert pattinson is gonna be bruce wayne batman and everyone's just like oh shit like we're gonna have sparkly batman it's like no the guy does really good work actually and Mm -hmm. for myself i loved him as both batman he did very well as Mm -hmm. batman yeah and but he did it is a little bit of a different version of bruce wayne right it's not the guy who's um you know who's living it up as the as the you know rich billionaire bachelor right to kind of cover up for batman yet he's just dove in fully on uh on the batman and that sort of thing yeah to the point that i was laughing at the one scene where you know he's like forced to come upstairs pretty much and he puts on sunglasses in the house because the light is coming in from outside I was mm-hmm. like, I, I kind of enjoyed that actually. I was like, man, like th- yeah. that dude, it just in a way it showed this guy has been like literally in the dark for so long, right? That like sunlight is not his friend like a bat. So, yeah. Um, yeah, there were a lot of things in there that just, yeah, it just had like, it's just like subtle storytelling in itself. But mm-hmm. I really enjoyed Robert Pattinson, honestly, as like a, a very depressed, like still dealing with everything. Yeah. fresh feeling kind of uh yeah. bruce wayne but the, yeah he also did a great bat. job as yeah but he also did a great job as like a year two batman who everyone's like like he was kind of just coming out of the shadows in a way mm-hmm. with like gotham pd and whatnot to the point of like you know a lot of the officers are still like are you like are you sure about this to uh uh to jim gordon who's played by jeffrey wright who also like that's another guy who he did awesome with that role i loved it Mm-hmm. Um, but he's still like this intimidating uh, myth almost at this point, right? So, yeah, um, it's a it's an origin story to Batman, but not an origin story at the same time. Where, um, yeah, we don't yeah, get so, like so the we, killing of Martha and Thomas. Wayne yeah, that was something like I the, said to you. I was like, I think this yeah. is one of the first movies that we don't see that actually. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, but yeah, like you're just kind of thrown right into it. Like, yeah, he's Batman. He's yeah. been doing not, this for a couple of years now. Who, yeah, yeah. Not everybody really knows who it is because it was like the it, it was a pretty early on scene where um, he was like going to fuck up some bad guys, and they were like, "Who are you?" And he like, yeah, it was it was like genuinely like I like who is this guy? Yeah, exactly. Kind of so thing. which I I kind of liked actually that you know like that was kind of the main scene from the trailers that we were seeing, and it was mm-hmm. like within the first five minutes. I actually yeah. really enjoyed that. So it just it. Mm-hmm. It set the tone in the trailer. It set the tone for what this movie was going to be, and but it also did that for the movie, right? Yeah, it said it that you know this isn't the I'm like I, I know we had the Dark Knight trilogy, and you know we had the Snyder Batman that kills people for fun, pretty much, and mm-hmm. brands them and whatnot. But like this is going to be a little bit of a different take on the origins in a way. Yeah. Um, of the Batman. So, and I like that it leaned into the idea of the Batman, right? Like kind of that bit more of a myth thing as well, which the dark Knight did mm-hmm. as well. Don't get me wrong, but like it's a little bit different. My favorite part about this movie was that they took it in a bit more of the detective role rather than like the superhero movie. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. Cause that's one of the taglines of Batman is the world's greatest detective. He's not quite yeah. there yet, but like he's still trying to figure out how to be Batman. It is only like year two for this iteration, but yeah. like you can you can see it there like he 
he makes mistakes every now and then, but he's a very smart dude, right? He is on that mm-hmm. path to being the world's greatest detective and whatnot. Yeah, and so, I think yeah. it was cool that they established that in a movie that where the Riddler was the main villain as well, because mm-hmm. that's really where the whole world's greatest detective thing shines is like when he's facing up against the Riddler. Yeah, like like you see it in like say the Dark Knight trilogy where he's like, oh, I know, like he's kind of like a step ahead of the police because he like knows what the Joker's going to do and like he knows yeah, he's where out to find him. And, and, yeah. yeah, like like he's like you can tell that he's kind of more there than a lot of the Gotham City um, detectives. But yeah. this movie is like with, with like the riddles that the Riddler gives you, it's like, and he's like figuring them out like just like that. Yeah, just like right the Riddler away. bangs him off and everyone's like, oh my God, what's the answer? And he's like, it's this. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's like, oh, okay, like he's on top of it. And like the, some of the... um not like puzzles. What's the, the word? Like uh, codexes, I guess, that the Riddler yeah. creates like in this movie. He's like, it, it takes him some time to figure out, obviously, but like. Oh, and even he, he doesn't he, figure like, it out. Like, through, he, 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 Alfred gets it. Oh, I guess Alfred does. So, yeah. yeah. But, but yeah, like he's, he's kind of like pulling it apart. Like he, it, it's yeah. relatively quickly that he figures it out as well with Alfred too. But um, yeah. Yeah, I, I guess while we're on the topic of casting too, what do you think of Andy Serkis's? Um, I liked it. I, I don't know. Like, there's there's always kind of the history. Like, even uh, Michael Keaton's version of Alfred, you could tell this dude was like a badass kind of earlier in his life, right? Mm-hmm. Um, before he retired to the the the, the wonderful life of butlering. Um, yeah, but uh, yeah, Andy Serkis's Alfred was. You tell he's still like it was a badass in his own way i guess but mm. it was also a little bit closer to oh i can't remember the actor's name but the original actor oh okay maybe not original because i guess he still had the 60s um but like the one that was with uh you know like throughout the joel or the uh the george clooney and uh michael keaton batmans mm. uh and val kilmer like the the ones from like the 80s and the 90s um just kind of that, still kind of that gentler soul. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I, I don't really know how to explain it exactly. Like there's 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 little things from like different different Alfreds throughout the years, right? But kind of makes it his own at the same time. Um, yeah. yeah, I really enjoyed Andy Circus uh, in this role personally. Mm-hmm. So, but yeah, what about you? No, I thought it was good too. Yeah, yeah I thought he he filled like the young Alfred. Role like because obviously Alfred's supposed to be quite a bit older, but he had like the kind of like um what's the word like the like the hot middle aged dad kind of vibe, you know? <laughs> yeah, like I don't know I'd the dilf. Him, like maybe it is yeah like the dilf. <laughs> I put him in like I don't know his fifties where like he's got like that touch of gray and like he's you know not like young and spry and running around and stuff like that, but he's like it's not like oh my god like a strong gust of wind is gonna snap your bones kind of yeah exactly like like you you take the alfred from the dark knight trilogy and um and like when he's opening the mail and from the riddler and the bomb goes off like the the dark knight alfred's not surviving that he's too frail but like younger andy circus oh i don't i I don't know though michael keaton's michael keaton's uh alfred was able to lift the bloody log (laughs) i guess yeah (laughs) it's uh that was a horrible i don't know it's just yeah, it's just like a, a younger <laughs> version. So it's yeah, uh, 
I, yeah, I don't know. I liked it as well. Um, yeah, just like the the casting throughout this movie. Um, yeah, Zoe Kravitz's Catwoman was good too. Was great. Yeah, yeah. I'm just gonna throw an image. Yeah, there we go. Set yeah, the tone. Do it. Stares us down. E- he's literally staring at us. I love it. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, yeah, Zoe Kravitz as Selena Kyle. Um, I thought was really good as well. So, um. Yeah, again, it was kind I, I, of like an origin yeah. for her as well without being mm-hmm. like, this is your origin story, but it, it's, like you said, like year two Catwoman. So. Yeah, and yeah, just that we had that kind of romance, like mm-hmm. kind of romance, I guess, between Catwoman and, um, and the Batman, but uh, which is kind of mm-hmm. similar, I guess, to um, uh, Batman Returns, I guess, as well, which also featured the Penguin, Who's played by Colin Farrell in this? Uh, I want to pull up. He, he was unrecognizable as yeah as, as Colin is, Farrell. Yeah, where's that image here? Yeah, look at this. Mm-hmm. Props to the makeup department. Like that doesn't yeah. look like Colin Farrell. That's incredible. No, absolutely not. I had no idea it was him until the credits rolled. Yeah, it's great yeah, work. It was, so it was phenomenal. Yeah. Um, and then yeah, we'll get into some other like costume stuff and whatnot uh, in a mm-hmm. bit here. You can kind of I guess see the pictures that I was scrolling through if you're watching on YouTube or that. But um, yeah, Paul Dano as well as the Riddler was like intimidating, but also once he was you know behind bars, which again this is a spoiler movie uh, or mm-hmm. spoiler review, then he kind of you know he doesn't have that. Uh, he 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 becomes less frightening almost. Once he's get once he's put in jail, right? Yeah. It's not the, it, it's kind of the Wizard of Oz thing, right? Where it's like it seems like this larger than life kind of character who's doing all this stuff, and then in the end, it's just, you know, a scared, angry orphan. In the end, yeah, right? exactly. So it's yeah, it, it's obviously not like relatable to either of us because we're not like sad, angry orphans. But like, yeah. <laughs> but this Riddler was just like some random dude. Like mm. he was. They said it multiple times in the movie. Like this guy's like just a nobody, essentially. Like yeah. nobody knew who he was. He he didn't feel like anybody knew who he was. Like so, like in in that respect, like not saying that again that like we're nobodies, but like it's just it's it's like some random dude, you know. So like it was yeah. relatable in in that way, I guess. I don't know. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah, it makes sense. I yeah. think. Okay. So, not saying that either of us are like. <clears throat> you know serial killer people but like it's just <laughs> <laughs> you know it's just like you're you're casual person like it's, yes you, you could easily like run into him like picking up, up some duct tape at home depot and like not even bat an eye and then all of a sudden he's like murdering the commissioner yeah exactly well and they even showed that in the movie itself right like he's at um like he's at the funeral for uh the mayor right he's up in the balcony yeah. nobody knows that's him right so and also one yeah. thing i liked with uh with what they did with uh uh the riddler in this movie is they didn't show his face actually until uh he was being arrested at the cafe mm-hmm. i kind of like yeah. that actually yeah so it, it just cool. it, it, yeah just more of that mystery kind of thing so but i mean it, obviously it really immersed you in costume, you know who it is but yeah. yeah it like immersed you into the story though because it's like okay nobody mm-hmm. knows what this guy looks like so and as an audience member, you also don't know what that guy looks like. So it was yeah, exactly. very cool how really just well. that like subtle thing of like not actually revealing his face. Um mm-hmm. kind of like put you more into the story. But like you still knew who the character was. You know? Yeah. So yeah, it was very cool. 
And uh, there was, I, I forgot he was in the movie until he popped up. Uh, John, uh, t- uh, oh God, uh, Turto. No, I'm saying that right. Turturro, there we go. <clears throat> I don't know why I always struggle with his name. Uh, playing Carmine Falcone though, he did that role wonderfully. I've seen him mainly in more like comedic kind of roles, but he played like the serious mob boss very well. I I really enjoyed it, and it was like, and it was only for that split second where I was like, oh hey, that's a dude from Transformers, and then I was immersed right away into it. Like once he started talking, mm-hmm. so yeah, he did a great job as uh, as Falcon, I think. So yeah, um, I, actually, I forgot about this. I wanted to say this about Zoe Kravitz as Catwoman as well. Like yeah. the the scenes with her and Falcon were like phenomenal. Those were sweet. Acting. Yeah, yeah, like she she kind of played like. Like it's almost like she had a couple different roles. Like she had the Catwoman role. She had like the, I, I mean, obviously she was kind of like faking, being sad and scared and helpless when she was talking to Falcone. But um, yeah. she did that really well. She had like the, um, like waitress, woman of the night kind of thing. Whatever yeah. you want to, whatever role you want to do that. But like she had like those two kind of separate <clears throat> roles, and like you could tell. I don't know. It, it was just like different. Like you actually kind of believed that she wasn't Catwoman and then she was Catwoman and like it was, yeah. it was very separate so I, I thought she did a good job that way so yeah I really enjoyed it so um, you know actually while we're oh I went too far there uh, while we're <laughs> kind of looking I like just like again this kind of being an origin story like not everyone's quite in their uh, in their places I guess of like the 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 Batman mythos that we all know Um yeah. So even just like she's not Catwoman exactly, but mm-hmm. just like the stitching in uh, her makeshift mask makes the cat ears right. Like it's it's supposed yeah. to be a not intentional thing. I'm I'm kind of laying into the costumes a little bit more now. Um, yeah, no, I think like, they, they kind of overlap, so that's fine. Yeah, it looks amazing. I'm gonna go back to Colin Farrell's look as the penguin. Like that's mm-hmm. incredible. Like I remember watching the trailers and being like, "Oh, who plays that?" And then I, like search up Colin Farrell. And I'm like, "Excuse me, what? That's yeah. awesome." <laughs> so, um, yeah, even the look of uh, of the Riddler as well, kind of having the the mask going on, kind of like the Zodiac Killer is what they what it sounded like they were kind of going after, okay. and just like the way he yeah. uh, he they committed the murders and left clues and that sort of thing as well. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, it all just looked great i don't want to say it was all like oh super realistic and everything like that because that's kind of what the dark knight that's what the dark knight tried to do right and then everybody kind of started to follow for a little bit with that um yeah. i i more liked it how it was it, it's still like accepted that you know it's a comic book adaptation basically mm-hmm. yeah um but i had those elements of realism but also the surrealism in a way mm-hmm. um it felt plausible but it's not the real world if that makes sense so yeah exactly like if you take out say batman and just put say like a james gordon detective in there yeah it's, it's a murder it's just mystery. like a, it's just a solid murder mystery movie but yeah it, it just happens to be a batman movie instead yeah so uh my my favorite thing that was going around after though was uh uh robert pattinson was just every emo kid of like no, I can't. I can't go yet. I haven't put on my my uh, my eyeliner yet. So yeah, <laughs> but I like that they actually like they they really embrace that. Yeah, like in the in the sense of practicality, I guess that um, mm-hmm. yeah, with without the 
the eye makeup all around. Um, yeah, you'd see his eyes right in part of like his face kind of thing. Because mm-hmm. um, even I remember for uh, yeah for Batman Returns, there's the part where you know he like rips his cowl off kind of thing, but um, because he's ripping that off, they don't have the eye makeup on him, right? So you notice it for a split second, you're like that, like right away something is off here. Um, yeah. And it's in it's when you clue in that it was the eye makeup. So but they like I think this is the f- I could be wrong on this one now, but I think this is the first time that you see that yeah he's got eye makeup on right to, I, th- to I think this. so oh, yeah hit the microphone. so yeah. but and I, I like i also love that we had like a couple times of like him like putting it on as well right mm-hmm. just to kind of show that um yeah kind of like the, the early days in a way but just that uh, there is some practicality to this so yeah yeah it was very cool um and even a little bit more into the practicality i'm not now this was just a theory going around that um <clears throat> The bat logo here that if you're watching on uh, YouTube, thanks for doing that, by the way, like and subscribe to the channel. Um, that if the, the theory going around was that the bat symbol is made of the gun that killed his parents or something like that. Mm-hmm. I, that was just a theory going around. I'm not sure what became of that or if there was a, a explanation given. Um, but I like that it was actually not just, you know, the the emblem the symbol on his chest but it was also practical like we saw him like have a piece of it off and what yeah he cut through something at one point but then he also cuts through the the wire in the final act mm-hmm. um that like there was a there was a practicality to even just having the symbol there right like it was yeah you know it's to show that he's the batman i guess right kind of be to the comics um but there was yeah, there was practicality to it of like yeah, there, this is like Batman's whole thing is gadgets, right? The mm-hmm. the chest piece is a gadget, which I think was I, I thought was really cool. Yeah. So yeah, no, that is cool. Um, I also love the like the like one of the major parts of Batman as well as his dynamic with James Gordon, <clears throat> and we did see the early days of it as well with the Dark Knight movies. Mm-hmm. Um. But I, I do like how they did it with this movie as well, right? Like they're they're still kind of feeling each other out a little bit, but they do have a mm. very large trust at the same time um, yeah. that they're doing this. Uh, this scene in particular here, when they're when they're uh, they're at like the the police station, right? And um, he's like, "Okay, hey, like you're gonna hit me. Here's a key, kind of thing, and bail, and I'll meet you here." And then like, yeah, he clocks him or whatever and does the run and they meet up later and he just goes you could have pulled it at least and he's like i had to make it look real so (laughs) there's like you can tell there's a little bit of history to them already which is Mm -hmm. which is great so but yeah there's like there's a trust there but also just that little bit of uneasiness it feels like still so yeah i i liked this version of james gordon as well because like he's not the commissioner yet so it's not like he has like all this responsibility like he's kind of like the the badass and like is willing to like bend or even break a couple of rules kind of thing. Like he's yeah. As long as, as yeah, yeah, basically like as long as it's not like going down like criminal routes pretty much. For yeah. Him, yeah. Cause that's what he's yeah, trying yeah. to like fight. But yeah, he's but, yeah, still yeah, a good he's guy, to, but like he's, yeah. he's willing to, um, it, he's willing to break a rule if it means it's going to, uh, if the result is going to be better than say not. Yeah. Breaking. He's, he's, like, still has a he's not supposed to let Batman guy. out like because he's a cop, but he's like, well, Batman's a good guy, so 
I'm going to give him the key, let him punch me in the face. And yeah. Like, I'm like, even though I'm not supposed to let him run. Him. Yeah. So. Yeah. So like, just as an example, there was other moments there too, where he, you could just tell he wasn't doing things he, or he was doing things he wasn't supposed to, but it's not like some of the other cops that were like dirty cops, like yeah, selling the, whatever the eye drop drug things were. Yeah. So, um, yeah. What else do we, what else do we have here that I wanted to touch on or that sort of thing? Yeah. We talked about cast, talked about the story. We talked about the costumes, uh, the music, that was something that you and I started talking about right away, actually, once the movie was done, mm-hmm. um, yeah. which go figure being music majors. But um, I mean, I, I kind of jokingly played it off. The use of uh, Nirvana, something in the way was interesting as well. Like it just periodically came back every now and mm-hmm. then. Um, yeah. It almost kind of signaled like uh, like new chapters to the, to the story, I felt like. Mm-hmm. Um, but also the, uh, the theme by... Uh, I'm, uh, Michael Gia- Giacchino, if I'm not mistaken, was the uh, um, not writer, composer, composer. Yeah, yeah, for this movie. Um, yeah, who was it? I believe. Yeah, I believe it was Michael Giacchino. I'm just double checking that here. And why can't I find it? Oh yeah, it was Michael Giacchino, um, who I'm just trying to pull up what else he did. I I know him from a lot, but I'm just trying to remember exactly here. Um. Oh, okay, so he's done uh, like some of the Mission Impossible movies, Jurassic World. Uh, does a lot of the MCU movies. Um, oh yeah, oh, cool. he does the he did the like the MCU Spider Man. Um, he also did some Pixar movies, including The Incredibles, Ratatouille, Up, um, did Dawn of the Planet of the Apes, Zootopia. Uh, he did Rogue One. Um, yeah, the cool. Batman. He'll be doing the upcoming Jurassic World movie as well as oh, as well as uh, Thor: Love and Thunder, which is supposed to come out uh, later this year. So oh, nice. And he's also done uh, for video games, Medal of Honor, and Call of Duty. So, yeah, the guy's done a lot of work. I knew I kind of recognized his his work a little bit there too. So, mm-hmm. yeah. um, yeah, no, the yeah, music he, was awesome. the The Batman yeah. theme was fantastic. Yeah, it's I. It's, there's some characters that are just so hard to write for after something has been done so well, right? Like you have Danny Elfman's. Like you think Batman, that you normally think Danny Elfman, right? Mm-hmm. The theme from the from the 1989 movie. Um, which they even alluded to in uh, in Justice League um, when they're on the rooftop there with uh, J.K. Simmons' version of uh, Commissioner Gordon. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, this was uh, this this one was one that worked perfectly for the idea of Batman. I think could kind of like get placed wherever, mm-hmm. um, except maybe the '60s version. But <laughs> um, but uh, was also just. It's literally two notes, but like it just shows that you don't need anything crazy to have something good, right? Yeah. So and it and it was played in so many different ways as well, right? Like you could have like the emphatic uh, entire orchestra, like we were seeing for the car chase, or you could have it. I think it was just played on a piano when he's you know kind of sleuthing around whatever crime scene or that kind of thing. Like it was played in different ways. And yep. it still 
it still had weight to it no matter what way it was played. So I, I really enjoyed it. So mm-hmm. yeah, it was super cool. Um the, the the piece that really stood out to me was the use of like the Ave Maria song. That's yeah, like you a, were talking about that. When it when was that part again? Um it, it was throughout. Like that's what the Riddler was always singing. Oh, okay. Yeah. 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 And it's yeah. like it's usually like beautiful song like that mm-hmm. opera singers like oh yeah don't they like the, the good ones always like they kill I, I thought it, I was, so. yeah okay i think i was seeing something about it don't they like change it to a my they change the key or something like that for it they, i forget i i think so yeah i'm not 100 is it go sure. to a minor maybe uh maybe yeah but we're well, getting here, really uh, i guess not even really yeah. nerdy music but like no maybe more for uh, the average person yeah i want to f- see if i can find um a performance of it that's hopefully not copyrighted. Um, mm-hmm. I don't know. Let's try this one just to. Um, yeah, I don't know. Well, yeah, let me let me give this a yeah, throw it up here. a share here. It's we'll find out if it's copyrighted or not. But, <laughs> I mean, so. like the like the piece is so old, but the performance might be um, might not be. Yeah. So, well, uh, here we go. I hope it's a good one at least. Yeah, now I hear it. Oh yeah, now I know the beach you're talking about. Yeah, it's it's like super famous, but um I want to see if I can find the the Riddler's version here. Oh yes, you guys can't hear it yet, but I can. So it's, <laughs> you found it? but okay. it's like bone chilling. I was just about different. to listen to it. Okay, or I was just about um, to find it. But yeah, if you got it, perfect. I I do. Yeah, um, this one might ding us for copyright, but that's okay yeah. because it's beautiful. Not beautiful. Yeah. It's the opposite. But um, it's haunting, but beautiful at the yeah. same time. Yeah, exactly. Sorry, it's just. Uh, buffering come on you can do it <laughs> it's got this okay there we go i just had to refresh here we go
it's just like so unsettling. It's it is. I don't. Which yeah, I, yeah. The the theme is perfect for that. This version of the Riddler, just mm-hmm. unsettling all around. Yeah, and I, I I honestly think it's like the the very high note, like on like the Maria. Um, I, yeah. I think that it's it's just like down a couple tones, like maybe even just like a semitone, just enough to like make it creepy. Like like you said, yeah. probably like minor rather than major. But um, and then there's times where he's like singing it. Um, I think I think he sings it in the the jail cell scene where we oh yeah presumably see the interaction with um, the Joker as well. I think yeah, he sings which, it in there too, and it's just like, yeah creepy. Yeah, which I think can be a good place to wrap up on as well is, you know, mm-hmm. we had the hint at the Joker. It was uncredited, or not uncredited, sorry, but like um, it wasn't directly said it was the Joker or even in the credits said it was the Joker, but it was confirmed uh, to yeah. be. And then a couple of days ago, so um, there wasn't an after credits for this scene, but there was a website that popped up. Mm-hmm. And you can find a bunch of like different stuff for after and whatnot. And you recently people were sent back to that link again and they had to solve these puzzles and they got treated to a deleted scene from this movie. That's Batman interacting with uh, this version of the Joker who is played by um, Barry Keegan, which was done phenomenally. I think Mm -hmm. Uh, even just for like a five minute thing that we got, um, You can tell there's a little bit of history with the Joker and Batman already. Mm-hmm. That they had just like one fight at least. Because um, yeah, this version of the Joker brings up like, oh, it's almost our it's almost our anniversary and that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that was a really cool and line. Yeah, it was just, I, I really it was liked also, that they put that in there, like that because the Joker's kind of always about like that. Um, I guess, I guess like it's almost like a like he thinks of it as like a relationship like almost romantic relationship with the batman um so yeah it was like super cool that they they used that line to be like oh hey Mm -hmm. you're back came to see me for our anniversary and he's like fuck off (laughs) Uh, yeah i'm I'm not here for that but it's it's funny that you say that too because they do bring that up that yeah it's basically a relationship like a very strained relationship between batman and the joker in uh, the lego batman movie which is mm-hmm. somehow still like one of the best Batman movies of all time, in my opinion. Yeah, <laughs> but it's it's done it's done in such a goofy, like lighthearted way. But it's still an amazing Batman story at the same time. But we can talk about that one another day, I think. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, this was just unsettling. But my, I, I kind of enjoyed actually that. Yeah, you knew that it was the Joker, right? Like you kind of you figured that out pretty quickly, um, mm-hmm. even if you didn't see like the title once it was released to the public. Yeah. Um, and they just show you like glimpses here and there, so you get the idea of what he looks like. Um, mm-hmm. I forget who the person was, and I apologize for that, but um, there was somebody who took uh, because there's a shot that you see from like the middle of his nose to the top of his forehead, mm-hmm. and then another shot from the middle of his nose to his chin. Um, but you never saw just clearly uh the Joker's face, which I. I kind of like that actually. Yeah, you, you saw it like the most you saw of it just full, but it was blurry. Um, yeah, and again, it was like it made it unsettling because you're like, I don't know what this guy looks like, and it's, yeah, and it, and it really matched of, the dynamic of the movie. Yeah, and speaking of unsettling, I will give a little bit of a uh, 
a warning, I guess. Just mm. if you're a little squeamish, we'll just call it that. If you're watching on yeah. YouTube, I am going to show a picture here uh, in a second that, um, yeah, somebody on Twitter had uh, taken those two frames, though, of the different halves of his face and put them together so that we had an idea of what this Joker looks like here. And uh, to put it simply, dude's fugly. <laughs> oh yeah <laughs> like i say that that is the one of the biggest compliments i think i can give for that though mm-hmm. is yeah it's a haunting look um right away i was unfortunately seeing comments of like oh we're just kind of going down the heath ledger path again and that sort of thing to which i say kindly shut up with that that obviously it's like same thing we were talking about with alfred like everyone's going to take a little bit of different iterations right like some mm-hmm. of these characters are almost a hundred years old at this point, right? Some things are going to yeah. overlap with different interpretations. Mm. And, and they've de- been done multiple times too. Yeah, exactly. Um, but this is, th- this isn't quite the Heath Ledger Joker in terms of the look where, yeah, he took a razor blade or a knife, right? And cut his mouth open or somebody else cut his mouth open. Mm. Um, the, the, the origin of the Joker, which has never like fully been, you know, this is the definitive origin of the Joker kind of thing. But the the commonality throughout all of it, though, is that he falls into a vat of acid that, you know, deforms him. And, mm-hmm. you know, if you're kind of going for the little bit of the realism that uh, or plausibility, I guess, that this movie's going for. Uh, yeah, you fall into a vat of acid. You're probably not going to come out just, you know, white skin and green hair. You're probably going to, you know, be deformed. Which yeah. is yeah. exactly These what we're like seeing here. Burns, he's missing large, kind of. yeah. He's missing large chunks of his hair, and yeah, his mm-hmm. his face is all messed up and stuff like that. He's got, uh, um, I f- I forget the term, but like up at like in kind of like his lip area and whatnot. Like, yeah, um, like this is almost a little bit more like more creepy, I think, than say Heath Ledger. So, mm-hmm. but and like even just like watching it like yeah you can pick out kind of like a, a thing here and there of like okay like kind of the the unsettling voice reminds you of ledger but then there was uh some of the uh, like in, in the joker way the attempts at comedy what he finds funny that jack nicholson did really well in the 1989 version mm-hmm. and stuff like that and um even some of the uh i'll say i'll say for leto it was um as maybe not great as a performance as a lot of people hoped for especially coming off of Heath Ledger but then again you build somebody up on a pedestal and it's never going to reach that mm-hmm. um, kind of that there's the it almost want to call it like smart insanity right which mm-hmm. is very much the Joker I think yeah um, that you had from Leto so like you, you could see like a lot of these different iterations were pulled into uh, to, to Keegan's performance here and this is only a five minute deleted scene and I love this interpretation already. So mm-hmm. I'm not going to go as far to say as, you know, oh, like, like to try to rank it or something like that in terms of performances. Well, yeah. Um, we'll, we'll wait for the Batman too. Cause I'm assuming he'll be one of the yeah, villains. In so, but, but even then there was somebody, something that somebody brought up, like just an idea and I kind of like it. I'd actually be okay. If the Joker was a little bit more of a, background character he doesn't have to be the main villain i think it'd be kind of interesting no, i agree to see yeah like I, I i agree i think I, I would love to see a batman movie or franchise trilogy i guess that doesn't rely on the joker because i think it would be very hard to do well yeah you know? um so i would love to see that one day but i, I just don't 
see it ever really happening. Like the Joker and the Batman are pretty synonymous at this point. Like it's hard to have one without the other. Like, yeah, you yeah. can have a movie. Like the, the Joker was hardly in this one. He was 30 seconds, but we didn't even see the interaction and, of the Joker yeah, and Batman until, um, until the deleted scene. Same with um, Batman Begins. Like we didn't see the Joker at all in that one. All we got mm. at the end was like, hey, there's this new guy and this is his calling card and then that's it. So, yeah. But then he's the rest of the fran or in the rest, not in the rest of the franchise, but important for the rest of the franchise. Uh, yeah, exactly. Which also, just to go back to that for a second, was great, similar to this movie, how like it can set up sequels, but is also, it feels like its own contained story at the same time. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Um, I do just want to talk quickly about the scene between the Joker and, um, and the Riddler, yeah, like in, in the jail cell. Um, yep. I think, uh, I don't know. I just thought it was like a really interesting dynamic too. And especially because both <clears throat> interpretations of these characters are so raw and unsettling. The conversation between them was also like very unsettling. So yeah, I think uh, I I'm excited to see more of that dynamic because other, other Batman movies, like they just have these separate characters that are all causing issues for Batman, but mm -hmm. you don't really see them together. But we've seen that in Marvel movies where like, you know, bad guys will kind of reach out and almost team up. It's like, I, I don't necessarily agree with you, but we have this common enemy. So, yeah. And one thing that uh, I like that it's because like for, for DC, they were trying to do the Marvel thing, right? Of having, having like the cinematic universe and everything like that. And I think the, I think really the last of it that we're going to see could be uh, like Flashpoint. Or I guess we still have Aquaman coming out too. I don't know. Like DC's trying, but at the same time, I really enjoy just the standalone kind of movies, right? Like not everything yeah. has to weave together. The mm -hmm. things that DC does that weave together that I really enjoy are the animated movies. Honestly, those are great. Mm -hmm. um, but uh, some one thing I was seeing was a lot of people going like, oh, you know, there it was, it was bad humor in it or that sort of thing. Or it, it didn't make me laugh. And it's like, it wasn't supposed to. If if you laughed at it, you got the jokes that kind of happened throughout, but they weren't mm -hmm. kind of some of the forced ones, I guess, that Marvel movies have. Which don't get me wrong, I enjoy them, but that wouldn't work mm -hmm. for a movie like this. No, like I, the the one joke that I saw everybody kind of pointing to and was like, "Oh, that was that was lame or whatever," was the the thumb drive one. But like, oh I mean, yeah, I, I think you heard me though. I chuckled at that, right? Because yeah. it's just humor that's natural to this right like mm -hmm. it, it's a little unsettling as well in, in a way but like it's yeah. not the oh here's the here's the joke in your face kind of thing right so mm -hmm. and even yeah i don't um, even know if it was really supposed to be like much of a joke like like it is a yeah. joke obviously but it's it, but it's also solving the not really, solving the clue yeah yeah you're not really like you're not expected to laugh at it i guess it, yeah it's just like oh i i can see the irony in it, yeah, you know? there was. I I don't remember exactly what the line was, but there was even one by the the penguin when uh, Gordon and uh, Batman were interrogating him, and he he says something I I can't remember, but like you kind of just chuckle at it because and it, it, it goes by it really quickly, right? Because it's just mid conversation, kind of more like a passing remark. Um, yeah, yeah I want to I want to watch this movie again. It was good, so I enjoyed yeah, it. I can't wait for it to come <laughs> out uh, on yeah. 
like on digital so I can watch it again. But yeah. Yeah. So, um, and that's the biggest complaint that I saw about this movie, honestly. It was a lot of, and like, don't get me wrong, I'm a Marvel fanboy too, or that, but like, they're expecting that kind of a movie. And then they're like, oh, th- this sucked because it wasn't that. And it's like, no, it, it's a, it's a different movie in its own. Totally different. I like that, it, yeah. that it leaned more into the detective side of it and not yeah. so much the superhero angle of it. So mm. I really enjoyed that. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, I think that's about all I have to say on that. So, yeah. Yeah, I don't yeah, I don't have anything really to add. Actually, no, that's a lie. I do, but it's quick. Um this just with how like kind of dark this was, um it really reminded me of like the uh Arkham games that I I guess are like about a decade old now. Um I I think a lot of it was the music that reminded me of that, but I I actually went and um this game or this movie made me want to go back and revisit those games. So I started playing Arkham Asylum again. I popped that oh, in a couple yeah. weeks ago. Um, and yeah, it's the, the atmosphere is very similar, I guess. And a lot of the music is too, but yeah, it's um, it made me want to revisit that just with how raw and dark it is. So mm-hmm. would, uh, would definitely recommend those games if you haven't uh, played them bef- before. I, I know you have Nate, but in, in general to other people. So yeah. I don't know if you got that vibe or if that was just me, but yeah, I hundred percent did. So cool. Okay. Yeah. Well, yeah, that's a, I guess that's about it on Batman stuff. Yeah. It was a good talk. I like that. So yeah, hopefully you guys enjoyed that as well. Um, again, a little bit of a longer episode than we're used to here. <laughs> so uh, I noticed you had something here for what's quacking. Do you want to save that for next time or do you want? Yeah, let's save it for next time. It? I think. Okay. Sounds good. Yeah, we got okay. a pretty long episode well, right now. So, yeah, if uh, if they want to continue continue the discussion, you guys can do that at Quack Report Pod, Twitter and Instagram. Um, if you you have some really nerdy things you want to get into, um, you can do that uh, with with Nate. He's definitely into that stuff, and we'll dive down the rabbit hole with you. And Nate, where can they <laughs> follow you and, and DM you Batman theories at? Uh, you can send those to me uh, on Twitter at Tate Namas, T-A-T-E-N-H-O-M-A-S. And I'm just going to say really quickly, I know we've been teasing it for a while, but look for merch uh, next week. Yeah, it's going to be exciting. So the next episode on Sunday, I'll tell you maybe when. We'll see. I don't know. Maybe. Depends on how I feel. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, you can follow myself on Twitter at, Car- at Carter underscore Potts, P-O-T-T-S underscore 97. We'll be back to our regular schedule next week. So we'll record Sunday, episode out Monday, live stream on Wednesday. Um, and you can expect that in the future. All right. We'll see you later and have a good one.